0: Hi Katie.
1: Oh, welcome everyone to Have You Ever Heard Of, your friendly neighbourhood history podcast.
0: Where we talk about people from history you may not, may, blah, may or may not have heard of.
1: (laughs) You may have heard them, you may not have heard of them. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, How are you doing on this fine Friday evening? I'm doing fine and dandy. I'm having myself a
0: little Friday beer. It's
1: not Friday evening for the listeners no
0: it, unless of know. course you,
1: it is a friday evening you might be just on a friday in which case welcome
0: it would be nice uh yeah listening to us before we get ready to go out who knows maybe maybe you're that far in the future that we're allowed to go out again and that's what you're yeah doing.
1: maybe that you're that far in the future getting ready for like to go out out
0: yeah wow yeah we're excited to be part of this journey with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, don't wear that; that looks stupid. <laughs> um, how are you?
0: Yeah, not bad. Not bad. I've been mean, um, working away my hours on that goddamn tabletop game I'm trying to develop. And like, I keep having like little crises. was like, crisis of confidence. I'm like, why the hell am I doing this? Like, what if this uh, comes to nothing? And I've just wasted this much of my life doing it.
1: It's not a waste. It's just it's an activity. Yeah, that's true. You could say that about pretty much anything.
0: Yeah, that's the problem. With that. So that's that was like part of the crisis of confidence. Like I was just like everything means nothing.
1: So yeah, I mean like I've weird. spent my time watching all seven <clears> of the Saw <Soar throat> films. Well, eight because we're going to be doing Jigsaw two in preparation <laughs> for the new Spiral, so me and Paul can record a podcast about it. And the first film that I'm going to see when the cinemas open next week is going to be *Spiral*. Like, how sad am I?
0: Is that when they open next week?
1: They open on the 17th, so as of listening to the 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 listeners listening to this, yeah, it's next week.
0: Does that include comedy shows in pubs?
1: I don't think so because the pubs aren't going to be opened indoors yet. Man, I think that's, that's really like bummer. June, so probably not. But you know what? It will get there. And um,
0: when but we do,
1: we can go back to the Bill Mario again. Woohoo! <laughs> Shall we do it? We
0: should talk about history.
1: Let's talk about history.
0: That's what we're here for. Okie dokie. Right. So I think I I, I picked this thing because I feel like it is... Kind of topical for people in Britain anyway. Because I don't know if you watched it, because we just finished what was probably one of the greatest BBC series of all time, Line of Duty.
1: So um, I keep meaning to start Line of Duty um, and then watch it from the beginning. However... (laughs) I watch Gogglebox, (laughs) so I don't need to watch Line of Duty, Oh yeah, because I can just watch them talking about it, so I know everything that's going on in Line of Duty, but I've never actually watched an episode, (laughs) because I just watch Gogglebox instead, but I do love procedurals, and it's kind of weird that I haven't seen this, because I've seen, like, every other procedural, I've seen Broadchurch, I've seen Unforgotten, I've seen, like, Unforgotten was my absolute favourite, like, all of the other procedurals, but just not line of duty. So maybe I will start from the beginning at some point. But yeah. I guess know what's been going on.
0: <laughs> as a procedure I think it is possibly the best procedure of all time. Like the amount of detail that goes into it. The yeah. amount of like Googling you have to do to understand what they're saying. Well in Gogglebox,
1: um What's her name? Is it Julie at the I think it's Ju Julie is that her name? She she keeps like a notepad <laughs> yeah.
0: That is a good idea. If you're she's gonna watch like,
1: it? Get, write get things down those. like dead. He's dead, or this person ran. Or, you know, like yeah, I think it's a. If you have to keep a notepad, that's my kind of show.
0: <laughs> so I've picked this person because he is basically Britain's first bent copper.
1: Okay, I like it. I like it. Can I just say that um, if we're talking about bent coppers, the other show you should definitely watch is The Shield, which is an American show, which was out at the same time as The Wire, and so uh. it didn't get as much press, but it did win a lot of awards at the same time that The Wire was on, so that's, that's a pretty good sign. A critic's and choice. It is one of the best shows ever, dramas ever, and in my opinion it has the best finale of any TV show ever, including The Good Place. So... Uh. See, te- you have to watch all seven seasons to get to the end, but that last episode is damn worth it. See,
0: that was the problem with Line of Duty. Like it's, uh, it had a bit of a Game of Thrones ending. It's uh, divided oh, the crowd, yeah. The, um, no,
1: Game of Thrones didn't divide the crowd. Game no, of Thrones is right, bad yeah, across the bad. board. <laughs> Basically,
0: most Tell people me. are annoyed with it. So, Jed, is going to show you how it's done. <laughs> uh, okay, so this week I'm doing Jonathan Wilde.
1: Okay.
0: He's basically Britain's first organized crime boss, and yeah, as I said before, fir- Britain's first bank copper.
1: Okay. What what period of history is this? Uh, so
0: we're talking about the seventeen hundreds. So he's oh okay. Exact day of birth is unknown. However, it's generally believed that he was born in Wolverhampton in either sixteen eighty two or sixteen eighty three. So right. We have got a two year kind of like span there. So okay. So they've done have done done too bad a job nailing that down. Uh, so he was the first of five children. Uh, in a poor family born to John Wilde, a carpenter, and his wife, uh, who we unfortunately don't have the name for uh, name of for some reason, uh, who was a herb and fruit seller at the local market. Fair enough. Um, so the, at the time, Wolverhampton was the second largest town in Staffordshire with a population of around 6,000. Uh, many involved in ironworking and related trade, so there would have been a lot of work around for John, uh, John Senior, um, so not an entirely terrible background, though I'm sure even uh as a skilled worker his father his father likely would have struggled to keep uh five kids. So Jonathan did get an education. Um he attended the free school in St John's Lane and was apprenticed out to a local buckle maker after that. So good honest trade back then, making buckles for them belts.
1: Nice, that's you know. But it could, could be a good living.
0: Yeah. Um, Everyone there. needs a belt, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he married... Um, around the time he became a princess, he married and had a son, but he abandoned his family for the lure of the big city and moved to oh, London no. in Not 1708. One yeah. Um, so at this time, London was by far the largest city in England. Though um, only with a population of 600,000. Um, with 70,000 living within the walled city of London. Or is now known as Banksville Corrupt City. Uh, uh, uh. So not much is known uh, of his first two years in London. It's believed that he first worked as a servant. But he was dismissed the same year. I don't think he really had the temperament to be... a. Uh, uh, no, so, it doesn't um,
1: sound like... <laughs>
0: from, like what he would go on to be. Um, so by uh, March 1710, he was in debtor's prison in the City of London. And oh, the no. woods, The Wood Street Compter, Uh So that building no longer exists, unfortunately. Apparently there's like... Um, it's a bloody moth. Uh, like, uh, one of the sellers to a pub might be kind of like a uh, part of that building, but... Nice. But I'm not really entirely sure. I think moth is just... Taunting me. Um, so not surprisingly, in the 1700s, prisons were notoriously corrupt. So the jailers demanded bribe or a garnish uh, in exchange for any minor comfort or convenience. Uh, so they would basically have to find a way to earn while they're inside. So those incarcerated would also have to pay for their stay in jail like it was a hotel. Like the worst hotel ever. <laughs> So you can basically see the debt spiral these folks would end up in. Um, However, in this world, Ward somehow thrived. He was popular with the jailers, running errands for them, until eventually he earned enough favour and money to repay his original debts and the cost of being imprisoned, and even to lend money to other prisoners. So he was flourishing in this jail world. Um,
1: kind of well, yeah.
0: He was liked so much that he received the liberty of the gate, so this meant he was allowed out at night to aid in the arrest of other thieves. Uh so this would be the start of his descent into corruption and organised crime. I, I mean, see. Like, is it really a good idea to hire criminals to hire like to, to catch other criminals?
1: No, I mean, probably not. Unless it's catch me if you can.
0: Unless uh, it's catch me if you can. But I mean, like, that's what happens a <laughs> lot. Like, hackers are basically that's what's why hackers all like hackers, right? All good hackers. they just go and work for the intelligence service.
1: Well, probably not all hackers. Only in, like, Hollywood. <laughs> I'm
0: going to say all hackers. In the world <laughs> I live in, that's, uh, that's what I like to believe. Anyway. Anyway.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: so, following his release, Wilde met one Mary Milliner. So, she was a sex worker and a madam, or a pimp, essentially, and a little, basically, a little like Samantha Morton's character in Harlots, I reckon. That's what I'm picturing her as. Basically, I'm picturing her as Samantha Morton in Harlots. <laughs> sorry, Samantha uh, Morton. Um, you're not listening to this, but sorry anyway. Um, so Wild went to live with her uh, as her husband, although they were still both married to other people. Wilde didn't get divorced from his wife, he was just still married. But now he was fake married to Morton <laughs> uh, no biggie it's the 1700s it's good um, so under her tutelage uh, he became thoroughly acquainted with London the London underworld uh, of its methods and its inhabitants so he started small essentially as mill uh, milliner's enforcer acting as a tough when she went night walking uh, getting those men to pay up uh, this ain't no charity service pay up for those services Uh, So around this time, Wilde also became a fence or receiver of stolen goods. Um, He started to put together a network of thieves, disposing of their stolen goods for them and paying bribes to get them out of prison when they were caught. And so his ascension began. So after graduating from the Milliner Crime School, he parted ways with her, cutting her ear off to mark her as a prostitute. Well, anchor.
1: What, what? How, how is that a thing that's like normal to like mark her as a prostitute?
0: Apparently at that time that was a that was a thing. Wow. So he uh He found his inn to the uh to the London underworld and then Yeah, basically just
1: Did cut. a van go and fucked off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what <an asshole. laughs> um, So let's talk about a little bit about crime in London at the time. So around this time London was experiencing something of a crime wave uh, property crime or theft was a particular problem. Uh, the situation was somewhat exacerbated by the papers. So these essentially notable crimes, um, the po- public worried more and more about property crime, probably more than was uh, than was warranted really at the time, and grew more and more interested in the issues of uh, criminals and policing. So this time, London depended entirely upon localized policing and had no citywide or official police force. That wouldn't come about for another hundred years.
1: That's it, Victorian, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So they have, like, those of you that aren't in London, maybe don't know, you have, like, localised police, but the city of London also has yeah. its police force, and they have, like, different different, like, things that they can do like you can for example a homeless person this is a weird one you can ban them for like i think it's 24 48 hours from the city of london yeah so just the city as in like you know the st paul's area so anywhere that you can see st paul's directly from is essentially like the city of london so like kind of up to liverpool street it's crazy it's weird that's weird right like Anyway, but that's just a nice little side note. That's not a thing yet. So. They've just,
0: uh, yeah, they've managed to retain all these old laws. Just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Banker City. they managed to like, go over with, with their little Lord Mayor and his gold coach. Really strange. I
1: love that gold coach.
0: <laughs> Rivals the Queens. <laughs> um, so uh, the populations, uh, so the city's population had more than doubled uh, over like, just a few years. And there was basically no effective means of controlling crime. So London saw a rise not only of thievery, but organised crime during this period. To make things worse, the end of the war of the Spanish secession had also, um, kind of flooded the streets with demobilised and emotionally scarred, impoverished soldiers, trained killers, essentially, uh, who kind of joined the gangs and added to the crime problem. Um, so, although hysteria about crime was at an all-time high, typically the public had started to embrace the romantic criminal figures, like they would later in America uh, with Bonnie and Clyde. So, in Amer- in, in Britain, uh, in London at the time, specifically Jack Shepard, uh, who was a basically like a burglar, but he kind of like captured the imagination of like uh, the working class of London and the Gentleman Gang, the Mohawks. So they were the most popular criminals at the time. Okay, though. Uh, London has also loved the Valiant Crime Fighters that battled them as well so lives has changed really people of London <laughs> love their crime capers and gangster films but also their police dramas too liked all of it um, <laughs> so these problems are obviously just like a symptom of poverty uh, but we we're a long way away from any of the progressive laws or reforms uh, to alleviate these conditions they won't come around to like the end of the Victorian period Um, Yeah, the 1700s was very much about the rod and not the carrot. And so (laughs) City of London created the position of under-marshal or, you've got to love it, thief-taker-general. To Deal with the problem. What oh, yes,
1: another general. We got
0: another general.
1: <laughs> oh, the thief taker general. That's the best one so far. I do like witch finder general, but thief taker yeah. general is pretty good.
0: Like, witch taker is a bit specialist, but thief. Thief taker.
1: Thief taker.
0: <laughs> oh, Whew. so the first person to take the role was a Charles Hitchens. So he was a corrupt libertine who bought the position with his wife's inheritance. He obtained the top position of public office by paying seven hundred pounds, or get this, a hundred grand in twenty twenty-one uh, money.
1: For oh, the oh my god, that's ridiculous! This Wait, he paid to, to be
0: yeah, hundred to have
1: a job. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Uh,
0: and of course, he abused his power. Obviously, he paid a hundred grand for it. So, Hitchens would except bribes, to let thieves out of jail. He'd only selectively arrest criminals, allowing his own associates to go free while eliminating the competition. He'd also coerce sexual services from molly houses. So, in short, he practised extortion on an extravagant scale, both from thieves and from their potential victims. Lovely guy. Exactly the sort of person you want in that position, I'd say. Exactly yeah. the person.
1: <laughs> Sounds more like a bell, he does. <laughs>
0: Uh, so it's believed Wilde became known to Hitchens' associates uh, known as his mathematicians during his lengthy stay at the Wood Street Compter, Uh running those dodgy errands for the jailers, is how he came in contact with uh, Hitchens, I, I guess. Uh, so around 1713, Wilde was approached by Hitchens to become one of his thief-taker assistants. Uh, <laughs> or a thief-taker deputy or something like that. Uh, now, uh, this was a profitable position, paying around £40 for each felon court or six grand in 2021 money.
1: So So where does that money come from?
0: uh, Is that from 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 the the public coffers. Right, okay. From the city. So basically, you need to arrest one crim a month, and you're living the sweet life. That's the job I want. I want to go back there and just arrest a criminal once a month. That's (laughs) ridiculous.
1: And
0: just live a really good life. Um, That's not what they're going to do, though. They're fucking greedy. So Hitchens was his inn. Uh, And again... Wilde soaked up all he could from another criminal figure before dumping him like he did money. So he'd work with Hitchens for only a year before branching off his own, opening a small office uh, in the Blue Boar Tavern run by Mrs. Sego, uh in the Little Old Bailey. Um, <clears throat> so he would continue uh, for a while to officially go by the title of H- Hitchens' deputy, uh, entirely without official standing. by the way. He'd just... Decided that the two basically just decided that he was a deputy, and everyone was like fine. Um, <laughs> however, really by this time he was very much striking out on his own. Uh, so he was essentially now competition to his old teacher. He also around this time took to carrying a sword as a mark of his supposed authority and his pretensions of gentility. Um, so when Hitchens finally became jealous of Ward's success, he started printing leaflets in an attempt to sully Ward's name to which Wilde responded in kind. So each accused the other of a raft of criminal behaviour, all of which, of course, is completely true. They were all involved, both <laughs> involved in it. Um, but Wilde finally won out by accusing Hitchens of being a sodomite, something that later be proved true. Um, so it was this, not the abuse of power or criminal corruption, that finally saw Hitchens fined and kicked out of office and put in the Strand pillory. So there, Hitchens was severely injured by stones from an angry crowd. He was then imprisoned in Newgate for six months. So following this, uh, Ward was able to usurp Hitchens' position as London's Thief-Taker General. So now he gets to be Thief-Taker General. Yes. What a position. I'm excited for him.
1: And he didn't have to pay for it.
0: Mm -mm. He'd be making the sweet bucks now. And... Admittedly, he ran the office ingeniously. So, what he used to do was he would basically run his own gang of thieves. He'd send them out robbing, usually through mugging, so a little bit of violence in there too. Not just like some innocuous burglary, like go and beat someone up for their stuff. He'd then keep the stolen goods. He'd wait for the crime and the theft to be announced in the newspapers. Then he'd announce to the public... That his best thief-taker agents were on the job, out on the hunt for the goods and the thieves. After a suitable amount of time had passed, he'd announce he had found the stolen merchandise and return it to its rightful owners for a reward. The money would then filter down to the thieves and the corrupt agents. Um, but in some cases, if the stolen items or circumstances allowed for blackmail, he'd not wait for the theft to be announced. He just extorted the shit out of whoever, whichever powerful figure he now had in the palm of his hands. Um, his agents would sometimes make arrests and genuinely recover stolen goods, but only members of rival gangs or members of his own gang who displeased him in some way, like refusing to kick up properly, uh, or basically agree to him taking the lion's shares of the money, money. Um, so he was basically a mob cop boss. That's what he was, a full on mob boss and he weren't going to take no shit. Um. So now isn't a pretty perfect position to control his gang. So as mentioned before, the crime wave London was experiencing, in which Ward was playing a major part, it created quite a lot of hysteria in the press. So as such, the crime of selling stolen goods became increasingly dangerous, so much so that even the most low-level thieves ran great risk in fencing their goods. And that risk was death. So this time, you could be hung for any small crime. So that was the choice Wild sees face, work for him or die at the end of a rope. And because as thief Caker general, he could turn any of them in at any time. Uh, I mean, like after all, they were thieves and <laughs> Wild had all the dirt on them. And also he had this position of immense power and respectability, which protected him from his involvement. I he just had like complete control over all the thieves, uh, basically in the city. Um, So, legend has it that he kept a record of all thieves in his employ. Uh, When they had outlived their usefulness, uh, Wilde sold them to the gallows for £40 reward each. Um, So, some believe this is where we get the phrase double cross" from. Because it's alleged that when a thief vexed uh, Wilde in some way, he put a cross by the thief's name. A second cross condemned the man to be sold to the crown Ah, for hanging.
1: That's so interesting.
0: However... The story is contradicted by the fact that the noun double cross didn't act, it is about appa- di- no, apparently didn't enter English usage until 1834. Ah. but it's a cool story, bro. It's a cool
1: story, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. So, it basically got to the point where Wilde held a virtual monopoly on crime in London. So he was like the great overboss, and almost everyone worked for him. But still, Wilde was able to present a heroic face in public. After all, he was the man who returned stolen goods to all the great and the good. The only people that knew the truth were the weak, the destitute, and the blackmailed. So he was the man who caught the criminals, not the criminal himself. Surely not. Surely not him who's doing all of this. But he is
1: our hero. How dare you (laughs) say such a thing? This stolen goods, was it like silver and like valuable yeah, items like was jewelry, there any art
0: like gold watches yeah i think there'll probably be like some art they were like yeah. there was break-ins as well but like yeah a lot of it was just mugging so i guess it was kind of like um uh, yeah valuables that people had on them
1: okay i know that sometimes even back in the day like they would take clothes like yeah. if they were valuable as well yeah, like, yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah the fashion of the gentry with big mm. money then Um, so his stock rose so high that in 1718 Wilde declared himself Thief-Taker General of Great Britain and Ireland not just the sea anymore the whole land (laughs) Wilde's office in the Old Bailey became an incredibly busy spot victims of crime would come with their cases even before announcing their losses publicly to the press and suspiciously discover that Wilde's agents had already found the
1: missing items
0: (laughs) when they turned up this apparently raised no suspicions. What stuff you mean?
1: Already this there. This bonnet.
0: <laughs> you're so you're so efficient, Wild. I can't believe it.
1: <laughs> wow, it's almost <laughs> like he had it here the whole time. By
0: 1720, Wilde was so lauded that the Privy Council consulted him on methods of controlling crime. Wilde's recommendation was, unsurprisingly, that rewards for evidence against thieves be raised and the reward for capturing a thief went from 40 pounds to 140 pounds within the year boom so this significantly increased wild's pay he managed to get the government to vote in a massive pay rise for him also in 1718 a tory group succeeded in having the laws against receiving stolen property tightened so this was great for Wilde's business, making it even more difficult for thieves to fence their goods, except through Wilde. So now Wilde was basically, basically adding a monopoly on fencing. Also, Wilde's battles with thieves made excellent press. Of course, it was Wilde himself who would approach the papers with accounts of his escapades, and the papers printed these for a gripped and rabid public. One such story, uh, published between July to August seventeen twenty-four followed Ward's heroic efforts, catching twenty-one members of the Carrick gang with an eight hundred pound reward each. That's approximately a hundred and twenty-six grand in our money each. Wow, each what? of them. It's mad. When one of the members of the gang was released, Ward pursued him and had him arrested on further information. So to the public this seemed like a relentless defense of order. In reality, the carrot gang was just a rival to his own gang. So this was just gang warfare disguised as national service. <laughs> just, just eliminating <laughs> other gangs on the public purse. But this level of corruption can last forever. Or you'd hope at least. So in 1720, <laughs> the South Sea bubble burst following a huge... Ah, uh,
1: yeah. Just following like we this... learned about in... um. Walpole's episode. Oh yes. So go and see if the Robert Warpole episode. Another
0: little callback. So following huge uh, losses across the entirety of British society, from the richest to the poorest, the public started to pay more attention to political corruption. If only we took that stars following the huge economic fuck up in two thousand and eight. But never mind. So <laughs> authority figures were beginning to be viewed with scepticism. And so, by 1724, London's politicians were experiencing a crisis of public confidence. So the first nail in Wilde's coffin would be Jack Shepherd. So he was one, as I mentioned before, one of London's most famous criminals, a non-violent burglar who was a hero to the London's working class and apprentice classes, especially. Uh, One who who got one up on the Rich and the Quilt. Unfortunately, he wasn't one of Wire's employees, so he was pursued to the ends of the earth. Sheba was caught, but he managed to escape prison four times before being locked down in the centre of Newgate Prison, uh, where he could always be bu- uh, watched, put in weighted shackles and chained to the floor, just overkill. But he was quite a small guy that just like chained him to shit. Um, his hanging... Caused outrage in London rather than celebration. Meanwhile, he's on the like ninth... the
1: Robin Hood.
0: He was basically the Robin Hood, though he wasn't actually giving money to the poor. He was just keeping. No, himself, but he's but, like but almost like, Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah, he's like half Robin Hood. Debbie also,
1: Robin Hood. Robin Hood wasn't real. There's no, <laughs> no evidence at all to say that. Though at some point, maybe I'll do Robin Hood. Hmm. So I'll do that. He's
0: a good legendary figure. I think it's worth doing. <laughs> so, meanwhile, on the ninth of October. Wilde and his men arrested Joseph Blueskin Blake, a highwayman and Shepherd's partner in crime. So during the trial against Blake, Blake lunged at Wilde with a blunt piece of metal slashing his throat. And Wilde was rushed to the surgeons where he was operated on and survived. However, in the time it took him to recuperate, Blake was able to tell all on Wilde. So usually Wilde would rush crims to the gallows before they could talk. But being out of action meant he couldn't do this. Following Blake's testament, Wild was investigated and found to be in possession of a large amount of stolen property.
1: <laughs> Why did Tons no one check this?
0: <laughs> <laughs> As the loot was identified, it became clear that he uh, he was at the head of a ring of thieves and murderers, and not even his protectors in high places were able to prevent his arrest. Because he had other ministers in high places, obviously, who were getting rich off the schemes. Can remember, the government had asked the bent son of a bitch. To set the law up for them, so they, which resulted in more money for word, which no doubt was kicked on up to the corrupt politicians who had voted in that law. So these men tried to silence him by smuggling laudanum into his Newgate cell for him to avoid the noose. Suicide by laudanum. I mean, I guess it's probably quite a nice way to go. Just go to sleep. Um, but all that happened was he became violently sick. So the prosecutors were not about to let him take the easy way out. And so they contrived to have his execution brought forward. But no doubt this also suited the many worried politicians and people in high places who thought that he was going to dob them in. So he was still going to die before he could talk. The sickly wild suffered humiliation from the crowd as he was transported by cart to meet his fate. The people who had once revered him pelted him with rubbish like they do all gallows victims. He was hanged from the gallows, a tyburn tree, at the spot roughly where Marble Arch stands now, on the 24th of May, 1725. Daniel Defoe said the crowd was far larger than any they had seen before, and wrote, Whoever he came, there was nothing but a hallowing and huzzas as if it had been upon a triumph. Wow. So in his time... Wilde had sent over 100 men and women to their deaths and many others had been hanged after being named by Wilde during and after his trial. His 19-year-old son was confined during the execution for fear he would launch a serious insurrection and rescue attempt to get his father out of uh, this predicament. Um, In a callback to my last episode, Wilde's body was later stolen from its grave by (gasps) resurrection men and sold to surgeons for dis- dissection. That's
1: so good. The thing ends
0: for a bent <laughs> copper. Uh Line of Duty spoilers here. So much better <laughs> than Buckles, this thing. The thing is corrupt corruption went much higher. Still he had uh much more control over what was happening than Buckles did. Buckles was just a poor choice Jed. Fucking buckles. Sorry, that's a that's just blew a little line of duty rant. So there you go, that's wild. Pretty wild, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Another bit of true crime for I true love crime of, lovers.
0: Love bit of organized crime.
1: You do uh, all that crime. I always
0: thought the best ones. Would I mean, be
1: not America. you. I mean, not the podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always thought like um, American organized crime was a uh, was where it was at, but that was pretty good. You just have to go a bit further back. That's where the good British organised crime is in the <laughs> 1700s.
1: <laughs> and it was a very similar time to my last episode, which was Emma Hamilton. Oh, yeah. It was like the exact same period. And she was in debtors' prison
0: around oh, yeah. the same time.
1: So what themes going rubbing, on here.
0: Rubbing uh, shoulders in the old...
1: Well, she prison. was in like... Quote-unquote, Dad's prison. She wasn't actually in the prison. she was, yeah, like, she was at home. Like, living near to the prison. Um, so what are you doing this fine Friday evening and the weekend?
0: I'm going to make honey's chicken. So I'm going to boil up a big chick- a whole chicken, boil it up, steam it. Make some ginger sauce out of oil and minced up ginger. So you just cook the oil, mix the ginger... Put the ginger in the bowl, just pour the oil on top. It's delicious.
1: So this is a man that doesn't have a job, everyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the life of a contractor, baby. Living the high life. And then this weekend, I don't know, I'm in the plans, it's going to be rain, isn't it? So I'm just going to play board games, I think.
1: Yeah, well, we're like still planning on going to the pub on Sunday. Hoping that, yeah, there'll be uh, some sort of break in the rain.
0: Outdoor pub action. Well, it
1: has to be outdoor. I think there might brave. be some sort of cover situation. Very brave. I uh, did the pub.
0: I did too much pub action last weekend when it was just cold and yeah, rainy. So I'm not going to do that again for a, a while. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, How about you? What's your plan? Yeah, going to the pub on Sunday. Maybe going. Well, no, going into central tomorrow to look at some more books. <laughs> very nice literally all i do now um and yeah cooking and looking at the rain <laughs> just like <laughs>
0: inspecting air, so it
1: um and also yeah recording a podcast about the saw movies so that be nice. really fun um and speaking of podcasts you can support this podcast right here right now or by subscribing to us wherever you are listening to this and also by telling your friends click that share button, baby. Yeah.
0: A little word of mouth action. And maybe a little review. Five stars, if that's what you think we deserve. I mean, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not pressurizing or anything. No pressure. Pressure. (laughs) But if if you want to give us a five star, then I mean, that would be lovely.
1: It would be great. (laughs) Um, And follow us on Twitter at haveyoueverpod and also Instagram, which I suck at keeping up with, but it's there. It exists. (laughs) (laughs)